Poetry Month begins on Scribble. Welcome to Scribble, 30 minutes of conversation, comments, and reviews on reading and writing, editing, publishing, and selling books. I'm Rebecca Wee. And I'm Don Wooten. And what better way to begin Poetry Month than with Catherine Cyril of Quad City Poets on Scribble. The poet of the Errol may well be Catherine Cyril. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I don't know. Should we be celebrating April Fool's instead? Um, they go together nicely the first day of Poetry <laughs> Month and April Fool's Day, don't you think? <laughs> Poets have been known to be a little odd, yes. Yeah. A yeah. little. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, I've known a number of poets. <laughs> Odd in a good way. We'll oh, put it yeah. that way. <clears throat> what is the impulse for poetry? I don't know. It's, uh, But it's there. It's You find it very strong in kids. Oh, yeah. Youngsters love poetry. Yep. And uh, we kind of get it beat out of us, I guess, as we grow up. Catherine, it's been a while since we've talked. Review for us something about Quad City Poets. What the heck is that, and how did it get going? Well, first of all, it's Quint City Poets. Quint City. <laughs> well, you can't go any further because then it'll be Sex City. Exactly. <laughs> we just kind of abbreviate it to QC Poets yeah. these days. And uh, we meet the first Wednesday of every month. During COVID, we had Zoom meetings uh, hosted by the Midwest Writing Center. Mm-hmm. And now we're back to uh, meeting at the Bedford Public Library. They have changed their hours. We used to meet until 8.30, and they closed at 9. Mm. Now they close at 8, so we meet from 6.30 to 8. And generally, it's best if attendees bring print copies, usually five or six. Uh-huh. It's, it's hard uh... to tell how many will attend on any given uh, Wednesday. But... Uh, that way, people who like to hear something and read it at the same time are able to do so. Yeah, it's hard uh, to take a poem in. Yeah, just I, I have to say your something. Ears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but uh, six thirty to eight. Yep. That that bunch is not going to be done in an hour and a half. Well, you'd be surprised how fast we can talk. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been to some meetings. Right. Right. <clears throat> and. Uh, by the time we start chopping each other up, you know, it, it just it just goes. But we all get put back together, so it's all good. Yes, good. Nicely, nicely saved. Yeah, but, but that is interesting. You know, when I, I first went over there to find you right. because I wanted you on this program, and then I thought, well, what's going on here? I think I'll sit and see, see what's going on. And the first thing, you know, I started hacking out poems of my own. Right. Which, you know, were embarrassing, but you were all very kind. <laughs> but the the process is interesting because you pass out copies of your poem, you read it, and then the criticism begins. I, I yeah. would say 
suggestions. The input. Begin. Yes, <laughs> feedback. The helpful <laughs> comments about what, <laughs> what you've done. And as always, any poet is uh, able to say, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to change this yep. immortal line. <laughs> do you do it in the in the kind of? I guess it's still around the 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 poet who reads their own poem then doesn't speak while everybody else talks, or can they? Talk no, it's while? very informal. Okay, there's a lot of interrupting and. Uh-huh. Yeah. We in class when I'm teaching <clears throat> students here at Augie, the the way we do it or the way I do it anyway, is tell the poet that they can read it, but then they have to be quiet because right. they're so anxious to defend and to explain. Uh-huh. And you have to say, no, 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 you're going to listen to what <laughs> this group of people mm-hmm. heard or saw or noticed. Right. And then you can talk at the and, end. And it won't be a group response because right. everybody right. takes it in very differently yep. yeah, based well, on their own experience. Well, they're, they tend to be rather gentle. Yes, and I, I would mean, say. Uh, I think they were surprised that I would dare to write anything like that. <laughs> well, now, were you writing while you were there? Is no. that part of it? You don't do no. prompts in there. Oh no, okay. no, Lord! You know, <laughs> a, a poem is conceived in private, and uh, you know, it's. But it's sometimes it's tough to take criticism, isn't it? Well, when something is so personal, yeah, right. exactly. But it ends up that a lot. Many of the people who come make four, five, six revisions, mm-hmm. and they yeah. keep bringing it back, and yeah, it's a, it's an interesting process. Yeah, it is. I, I found it very interesting, and uh, you know, to go through. I I wish I were able to go again, but it's just uh, a as you can see, mm-hmm. I don't move too well. <laughs> But I resist. But you are moving, so yeah, you're oh, getting around. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks to rollators, I am surrounded <laughs> by rollators, <laughs> one on each floor and one to go to the car. Well, it's <laughs> great because you could just be sitting at home. So yeah, why am I here? I think why am I here when I could be sitting at home? <laughs> <laughs> so how many have you got? Um, kind of signed up to be part of the group. I realize people come and go. It's nobody signs up. Do you have a, a sort of core that comes most of the Usually, time? Usually, but there are health issues with some people sure. and uh, some people have transportation issues. Yep. So yep. it's we had a meeting with three people. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we have eight. So okay. it just depends. That's how it was too when we started at Augie, it, mm. we just never knew it wasn't right. it wasn't required. It wasn't graded. They just came mm-hmm. and yep. yeah. I remember, you know, it's it's true that there were all of an age, and the poets that I've seen there are were all younger than I am, but mm-hmm. they're still getting up there. Right. And I remember one meeting when this young man came in who was still in high school, uh-huh. and he had a raft of stuff that I I couldn't believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How does a kid do this? It's, I think it's called therapy. <laughs> really? For some it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And for kids, just think mm-hmm. they may not have a full-time job and they're not, you know, they've got different kind of time. Yeah, but this schedule. young man just took off. I mean, he was writing. Yeah. Writing yep. a bunch of stuff and yep. I listened to it and I thought, yeah, this this isn't uh, Shelley, but it's uh, it's really good. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> and it's 
and that's you know, that's the problem. Uh, you you write a poem, and then you think, I don't know. Well, poetry <laughs> needs an audience. It needs to be read aloud yeah. and heard. So yeah. you kind of have to do that before you decide if it's good or bad, because a lot of times something that I have written I don't feel is very strong and it doesn't affect me very much, and that one gets the most discussion and people like it a yeah. lot. So. The writer never knows. That's kind of the famous um, truth, I guess, about sending work out for publication when you Mm -hmm. send them in batches. And inevitably, the one that gets chosen (laughs) is the one you kind of put in there going, oh, well, I got to have one more (laughs) in there. And I don't know why that's that's so. But, you know, you have to be careful. I start going to these meetings, and the next thing you know, I'm subscribing to Poetry Magazine, uh-huh. and I, I'm looking at all the contests and thinking, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yep, there are a lot of them. There are. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, poets poets don't make a very good living if they depend on poetry. <laughs> no. No. No, but, not at all. I don't think they write for money in the first place. So. Well, exactly. Uh, no, and it's a good thing they don't. But that's that's why these contests mm-hmm. are so interesting. Right. Because you could if you've been writing stuff and you feel fairly confident about it, you can submit it to different contests and you might win $1,000 or more. Mhm. And yeah. some of those come with strings attached. Uh, well, you lose the rights to your writing. And yeah, that, but that's the, a pretty all, big string. Also, people want you to come and conduct a course or something mm. if, they, if you win. And uh, I think, wait, I, I can't get around that. Can't do that. Well, the main prohibitive part of those contests is just that there's usually a fee for for young mm. for the younger writers. You know, when my students get excited and want to send work out, and it's like. But we have to pay a fee, and that's how you pay the winner, right? Yeah, that's the, right. You put so, up, you, uh, it's like take, making a bet. Mm-hmm. You know, you put down your money and you submit your poem. Right. And you wait to see what some barbarian makes of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now here we are talking about poetry, and we should listen to some because it's Poetry Month. you got to be careful with Catherine <laughs> because her poetry would stop me cold. I thought, how does she do that? Well, that's what we want. Well, yeah. you just determined which one I'm going to read first. All so. right. Oh, dear. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. This is called The New Normal, a.k.a. Collective DNA. <laughs> it used to be an anomaly. It used to be eyes glued to breaking news. It used to be a hitch in the zeitgeist. Now it's the new normal. It's AR-15s in the hands of individuals whose DNA is glitching, short-circuiting common sense, morality, humanity. We wring our hands and thank God it's not our children torn in half by consciousless bullets, unidentifiable but for the clothing they left home in. We watch as on-site police cover their faces as if the horrific images could somehow be erased. We listen with disgust as the political analysis of the problem rages on, rapid fire between parties and lobbyists, talking heads place blame, distancing themselves, and we change the channel. Yeah, you must live in Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes, there it is. Yeah, it's, 
And that is a very good approach to the problem. I think most people don't realize there's a big difference between sex and gender. Right. And if you don't comprehend that, <clears throat> your tendency is just to lash out. But there is a, a big difference sometimes between sex and gender. And you really ought to look into it rather carefully before you go legislating and uh, <laughs> or making judgments. <laughs> it's not an easy thing. No, it's definitely not a simple issue. Yeah, and that's what prompted you to write about it. Well, this is more about the killing that goes on that we have become desensitized to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Every day there's another shooting somewhere. Yep. And And it breaks your heart, and then you have to get to your job. Right. Or you have to drop the kids off for you. Yeah. Glad it's not me. Except for the people who are suffering so much. As I look at your poem... It looks different from the poems that I have heard you. No, I guess I guess you still use that spacing. Right. <laughs> that is. Which our radio audience cannot see, no. so you'll have to describe it a little bit. <laughs> well, it's just using the page. Everything doesn't have to be a space between each word, and you can um, use the spacing as punctuation yeah. or as um, a key to accentuating something to pause right to pause take to... a breath yeah but i notice you know your poetry generally goes in those three steps not by any conscious effort on my part <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason i think that it's so important for some of us to be Mm -hmm. able to see the poem because you can't tell when you're listening necessarily what's going on on the page. Mm -hmm. But looking at it and seeing how it moves or where something is indented or where words are fused together is is part of it, you know, part of the experience. You know, you've written about something that's in the public eye and ear. But you have written some personal stuff that just broke oh, my heart. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. It's, uh, well, it, it, you have one of those in the stack? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Season of grief. Like an obstinate refrain clinging to the edge of knowing, you shadow my days. Not quite ready to accept my new status. I struggle. Why do I miss you now? a year after your death? Is it because the details of your gradual decline, the falls, the accidents, the rapid fire mood changes, the painful confusion even you recognized have faded like dusty snow, ugly, giving way to spring's soft opening, and I can remember your laugh, hear your voice telling me it's time for bed, see your sheltering shoulders, Know you loved me, even when you didn't know you did. That's tough. Yeah, it's. Uh, those are the poems that are hard to read, right? Definitely. You write oh. them because you need to, and you read them right. because you need to. But it's really painful. You know the problem with that is, and talking about poems I write, as you know, if I try to read the Ballad of the Harp Weaver aloud, mm-hmm. I go to pieces. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't take that last line. Well, after, after my my first book came out right after my husband had died, and we were in our thirties, and um, 
I agreed to do a reading, and I decided I was going to read one of my elegies for him, but I hadn't mm. ever read it out loud right. in front of people. And, you know, you just, I don't know what happened. I don't know if I finished the poem, but I went and sat down, and I was supposed to read for 15 or 20 uh. minutes. And the person next to me in the <laughs> audience kind of said, Are you going to go back up there? But you just, I just lost even a if it's a year of, or so later, it oh, still happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. way well, later. Too. There's a big difference between hearing it and reading it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be profoundly affected right. either way. Yep. But reading it, it's just, you know, the sound comes yep. at you. And when your own voice is producing it, yeah. that is really tough. Well, because you're taking it in. I mean, that's the thing about reading somebody else's poem, that as soon as you've articulated it, you've taken their voice and their experience and everything inside of you, and you have for a moment, you know, been where where they are. And Yeah, there's uh, the power of poetry, is, and, and yet the stuff I write is just higgledy-piggledy, you know. It's like... <laughs> We need all kinds of poetry, right? We need the stuff that makes us smile. I just made my students write limericks, and they were really happy. They just said, oh, you can't really write a depressing limerick, you know, and and just the rhythm of it and the rhyme scheme. And so, yeah, we need all the emotions. Early on, we had a contest. Maybe it was in Saturday Morning Live, that scoundrel roll tweet. We, our prize was for a, a serious limerick. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you get one? We got one that we finally thought, okay, this may be close, close enough. Close enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't write because there's such a, a happy lilt to it's it. It's the lilt and it's the end rhyme. And so, you know, and it's the rhythm. Yeah, because I'd, I'd write limericks about roll. That was... Uh, that was fun. <laughs> uh, another poem, Catherine. Please. Sure. Um, I decided to take up painting after my husband died because I was just sitting doing nothing and it really got to be bad. So um, I was trying to paint a the front of a house with the door mostly and in like the, in Italy with the sun and the mm. browns and... Uh And this is what I got. The house. A rusty door nestles behind vines, twined, burnt sienna, relaxed and inviting. A door to enter, wide. There must be a man, muscled and burnished under the Tuscan sun, hair long and wild as the vines. Inside, there must be a woman, moving through empty rooms, gauzy dress flickering in breeze from pent-up windows. Inside, the man and woman circle warily, unsure of the dance, discovering each other anew. She presses her lips on his sun-stained shoulder. He enfolds her, arms strong from rehabbing the house and the land. But she is just another item for him to check off his list, a door to close Wow. Mm. I don't know about that house. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't exist. (laughs) Isn't it interesting, though, that just an image like that Mm -hmm. will send you somewhere and you don't, 
You know, one of the things I try to talk students out of is that they want to have a plan. Oh, like, and it, because, it has to be literal, exactly what happened, yeah. which, no. And because no. <laughs> they've learned, you know, from writing essays, you mm-hmm. sort of state your thesis, right. you restate it, and I keep saying, yeah. no, you you want to be surprised you are free by here. the poem. Yes. You want to end up somewhere you didn't imagine. And yep. otherwise, what's the fun in it? You know, it's... <laughs> Um, but but well, it is unnerving too. Fun, down and... fun and poetry. Oh yeah. As much trouble as I've had trying to write poetry. Well, <laughs> fun isn't maybe the right word, but a kind of deep satisfaction or a discovery Engage, or something. Mm-hmm. Intensity. Or that dawning awareness that this is not my my specialty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Well, what, when did you first start writing poems, Catherine? Um, I was in high school. Really? A bazillion years ago. <laughs> uh, what What do you think got you started? Was it something in, in in class, a poetry that you were reading, or? No, I think it was just a need to put my spin on things. Mm-hmm. You know, when you operate kind of outside everybody else, there's that impulse. You want people to know what your reality is. But you wouldn't have to do it in poetry. So what is it that pulls you in? Oh, it's suggestion. It's nuance. Yeah. It's mystery. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, suggestion's a great, mm-hmm. a great way, rather than stating this is some kind right. of truth. This is my truth. But, well, actually, we got into quite an argument last time because somebody wrote something religious, and then we got into all kinds of stuff. And my truth... That uh-huh. idea came up, uh-huh. and I was like, hold on a minute. You can't co-opt my truth. Uh-huh. <laughs> it yeah. was just back and forth, but it was friendly. Yeah. And it was very, it was an interesting meeting. Yeah. So. But you've been writing poetry ever since high school. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you ever publish any? I have some in Lyrical Iowa in the uh, Midwest Writing Center Anthology, mm-hmm. a couple on the Internet, Um I, the process of sending things out, you can't send out everything, the same ones, to every place. Mm-hmm. And it's just not what I want to do. I mean, if somebody wants to come to me and say, oh, can I publish a book of your poetry? I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. But I don't like the whole how you have to do it and then you publish yourself and no. The full t- it is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I think the times that I've had work published, it's because – a friend or a spouse mm-hmm. sent it out and was kind of tracking what went where right. because I'm not not interested in right. it and not good at it. And, you know, there's <laughs> I'd rather be writing the poem than yeah. tracking it. This right. somehow sounds un-American. Uh, you know, you're doing something and you're writing, but you are not uh, eager to publish it. <laughs> well, I publish to friends. Uh-huh. I mean, people do read the things that I... But right. the, in other words, you're not writing this because of uh, you want to see it in print. No. No. It would be nice. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. would well, be nice. What impels you then? Just, well, ha- being the president of the uh, <laughs> Quint City Poets <laughs> is pretty motivating. I have to have something every, uh-huh. once every month. Um, I used to write a lot more when my son was little. I'd go upstairs away from everybody and I talk on the phone for a while because the idea that your mind is going all different ways is a good way to get into writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just stay up there and write. And I go downstairs when I finish something and 
go on with things. Yeah, uh, do you still have a special place to write? Kitchen table, mostly. Uh-huh. Well, that sounds <laughs> nice and utilitarian. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, it's right by the coffee pot. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, Quint City's poet interests me. Uh, and it has been going on for a long time, hasn't yes, it? Yes, longer than I know. Really? really? Mm-hmm. When did you join? Well, there was Max Molliston. Oh, yeah. There was uh, McGrath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And me, I guess. But there are people whose names I don't recognize who've been. Sure. And but- really, it's it's – I – make the meetings and I send out an email that's all it entails really <laughs> but uh, you do you remember what year or about when you joined I don't <laughs> you know, I, I shouldn't ask questions like that because I can't remember anything specific <laughs> yeah. in the past right it's uh, people ask when and I say well I'd say wh- maybe 10 years yeah a while okay. ago well you've been at it for a bit then and right. uh, what are the prospects of it continuing? Well, I'm in for the duration, so. You mean the group? Is yeah. that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah Quint City. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, it, quite often a, a group will form because of the passion or the interest of a single person mm-hmm. or a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And then when those people are gone, quite often the Things organization fall apart. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. just collapses. And yet Quint City Poets keeps moving on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was underway when I came here oof, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being told that it existed and then asked John to McBride. come talk. Oh, I said yes. the wrong name. I said the wrong name. <laughs> John, John, John McBride, McBride. was oh, the yeah. president oh. before me. Yeah. yeah. He actually gave me his card when I was a judge in the Mississippi uh, poetry contest, and I went to the first meeting, and okay. I've been there since. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, how about another poem? Do you have another sure. one? Um, daffodils are, I heard somewhere that <clears throat> when they're out in nature, they wiggle, whether uh-huh. there's wind or not. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and that interested me. So yeah. this is called Daffodils slash Narcissus. They're part of the Narcissus family. Okay. Whiffs of hope, joy, rebirth, dance outside my window. Canary yellow trumpets framed by crenulated queen collars Heads bent in sway, caught in a loop, derived from narco to be numb, poisonous to other plants, animals, and humans. A bunch means you're the only one. A single stem brings misfortune. And like grief, it does what it wants to do and goes where it wants to go. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah. I come up with, I wandered lonely as a cloud. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a long tradition about, you know, different mm-hmm. flowers, but certainly yeah. daffodils. And there was a well, daffodil poem not so long ago in Best American Poetry, mm-hmm. I think, that made direct allusion to that, but was in such a different mm-hmm. voice and realm and time period. It's cool. Uh, before we run out of time here, Catherine, uh, we talked about Quint City Poets. Yes. And the meeting time, the regular meeting time is? 6.30. 6.30. To, to 8. First Wednesday of the month. Right. First Wednesday of okay. every month. And uh, the last time we talked about this, all of a sudden some new people showed up. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And oh, sure. you don't need an invitation. You do need a dollar, don't you? <laughs> well, we couldn't get the room, the Malmo's room last time, so we were in a little conference room, which you don't have to pay for. Uh-huh. Oh, but um, there's also a an art walk in Geneseo on April 29th, and Quinn City Poets was invited, which oh, is pretty cool. Very nice. Um, they were said they were interested in uh, spoken word poetry, and uh-huh. we have a number of people in our group who have published books. And I just started doing artwork, so I thought, oh, this is perfect. Sure. We'll, we'll get into this, and the dues is going to pay our $75 fee. Okay, well, so, nice. all right, you come up with the buck, but you can come there Wednesday night. Absolutely. Catherine Cyril, thank you so much for joining us to kick You're off welcome. Poetry Month. <laughs> and that'll do it for now. I'm Don Wooten with Rebecca Wee. We'll keep pursuing poetry, and we hope you will keep tuning in to Scribble. Scribble.